Previously on the episode of Bediangos, Yankondo left for the islands and his palace was surrounded. The siege of Kazungula. Strategy beats strength. Aboard the Mukunga, an army of 50 paddled north away from the island. Ahead of them was a canoe of scouts searching the area for any suspicious activities or threats to the crown prince. This was Siankondo's happiest day, surpassing the day he had been initiated in the wedding ceremony of the Benemukuni people. The ceremony was the initiation of the Vanakalia, or princes of the royal establishment. It paralleled the Vasilombelombe ceremony with their quest to draw water from the bottom of the mighty waterfall. This occasion was a secret. It was much tougher, much more demanding. It transformed the princely cubs into lions. After completing the seven tasks, the princes would take an oath to protect and defend the kingdom before the Muchelewa or the Lion King. This was done before the king, the heads of the intelligence units, the army, and the Vediango. This was a bar mitzvah that was held when the princes reached the age of adulthood. After, the princes would be sent to govern provinces further away from the kingdom. It was a reigning attachment or internship to prove their ruling capacity of their ability to rule unstable border provinces or kalanguleza, as they were called. The closer the province was to the capital, the more powerful the prince. The memory of the wedding ceremony was what was on Siankondo's mind that day. Two years ago, he gained independence from his father and left for the toughest war-torn province, but ended up at Zimba, one of the closest provinces in no time. The day he left the capital with a small army and a handful of advisors was his happiest day up until now when the girl he rescued from one of the tough provinces accepted his proposal of marriage. He had his brother Kayuni, Omwemba, to thank for teaching him politics of the provinces. I think I know why you have bodyguards, Tinta whispered to him, disrupting his musing. Why? he asked, curious to know her answer. Everything was moving too fast for them. To protect people from you, she laughed. Mukamamu didn't care about these feelings of the heart. They seemed so immature for her. And here I thought you were the funny one, Siankondo laughed. It was as if she became more and more beautiful with every passing day. I cannot decide what's more beautiful, the sunrise or your smile. But all I know is I want your smile to be the first thing I see every morning. Of course, before the sun rises. Just then, a blue swallow flew into the makonga and sat on Siankondo's hand. He quickly tied a red thread on its leg and sent it flying. The capital is under attack, Siankondo said, turning to his soon-to-be minister of defense, Mulindi. Vediango sent the bird, which means they are surrounded. No one in or out. Who dare to do such a thing? His minister inquired, realizing this was someone who knew the crown prince was away from the capital and that the coronation was just a number of days away. I don't know, Siankondo confessed as he motioned for the paddlers to change course. 
How long will it take for Vediango to hold them off? Mukamamo joined in as they rolled the map of the kingdom on the floor with all the vulnerable points. Not too long. With half of the kingdom sent up north, not too long, I'm afraid, Malindi, the defense minister, observed. He was told not to send the army, but he thought nothing could happen in the transition period. So we are at a disadvantage, outnumbered, surrounded, and vulnerable. Siankondo stood from the map to wipe his face. Clearly someone wants to test my patience. Siankondo stood. Siankondo knew Vambe Vambe and his aunt had something to do with it. No one outside the kingdom knew of these vulnerabilities. Sekute. Meanwhile, the news of the siege arrived at Sekute's palace. His army awaited instructions before they would dare to try anything against this lethal kingdom. No one in their right mind dared to attack the kingdom of the thundering smoke. Even the Dutch colonies down in the south knew very well that the Mukuni were a deadly force, a nation whose citizens had a warrior spirit. Sekute knew that commanding an attack required some convincing that this was a sanctioned operation, something sort of an inside job. That day, with assegais and drums, shields and an army of 2,000, Sekute began his journey towards his destiny. He needed to reclaim the promised land and to oversee the whole thing in person. He needed to do this from start to beginning. This was a touch-and-go job. The objectives of the mission were clear to him. Retake the throne, bless the rightful heir, eliminate all obstacles preventing that. He left his beloved niece and informant, Inasian Singu, to hold the fort because he did not want her to get caught up in all the filthy duties of restoring honor and legitimate governments. Nanjina Palace. A council of Indunas bearing the instruments of power gathered outside the heavy doors of the Queen's Palace on Nanjina. The palace was thatched with several chalets and broad verandas. It was located outside the secular grass enclosure beside the road that led to the royal burial ground, the sacred place where the barrier, where the bear, whoo, where the bearers of royal blood were buried. There, the kings were buried sitting on their thrones with a scepter in one hand and a spear in the other, while the princes lay with their faces to the orient. Inside Nanjena, the middle-aged new queen completed her ritual devotions to the ancestors. The position had fallen unexpectedly on her, turning everything around overnight. Before this, she reigned as the chief trader, importing and exporting goods with the aid of her Arabic cousins at the port. This new appointment meant that she had to leave everything to reign in another sphere. To be fair, she had distinguished herself in changing the culture of the kingdom through trade and commerce. She was just getting on her feet when the heavy knocking and pounding accompanied by bickering of a whole speak fest began. How can I say this? We have visitors, the Prime Minister or the head of the council announced, stuttering and stumbling through the sentence he so desired to utter. What is happening? 
Wediango asked, adjusting the shifting crown on her head, her piercing eyes on their leader. Her hair, the lighter complexion and traces of the distant Middle Eastern Middle Eastern ancestry made her difficult to look directly at. Her beauty and fierce personality is what projected her to the apex of the male-dominated business sector. The, the, the people of Sekute have surrounded you, us, us, yes, they have surrounded us. The Prime Minister stuttered. He never stuttered avoiding to look directly in the direction of the being before him. He fidgeted with the instruments of power in his hands. You are now in full control of the kingdom, the prime minister announced. We have, uh, we have, uh, we have reason to think that uh, Siankondo is normal. What do you mean? The queen, the queen inquired worried for her nephew and the possibility of performing the funeral rites as her first official duty. We sent a swallow to send word to him. It came back without a confirmation. No thread. Vandanzi, what do they want? They sent an ambassador, but we don't know. We think they are not acting alone. They have just camped outside, so we have no idea. Vediango stepped out of her palace as the small crowd dispersed like clouds before the sun. She needed to prepare the soldiers for the defense of all persons and property in the kingdom. God help us, Vediango prayed. In the heir's absence, she assumed full authority of the kingdom. She was both Pope and President, King and Queen, Commander-in-Chief and the Joint Chief of Staff. Her first orders were to hide all the members of the royal family in a network of underground bankers that led to the outskirts of the kingdom. We need the king! We, we, we need the king! Suddenly, Vambe Vambe walks towards Najina from the royal household, flanked by his mother and two aunties. I'm ready to take full control of this situation he said, as all the other elders bowed in reverence of him. <sighs> I told you to hide everyone. What is he doing here? What are you doing here? Vediango roared, sensing that something felt off about his offer of aid. During the birth of Siankondo, there was an oracle or a prophecy that was given about a warrior king who would be slayed by his own blood. She feared Siankondo was the one and that this was the moment. I'm here to defend my kingdom, Vambe Vambe excused, prepared to take full control of the army. He was right in a way. After all, he was despair, should anything happen to Siankondo. Siankondo. Siankondo and his small army disembarked secretly from the Makonga, away from the docks and the usual loading spaces. Stay behind me at all times, Siankondo whispered to Tinta, leading his small unit to higher ground in an effort to get a closer view of what they were up against. Ah, I know that uniform, Malindi almost shouted. Bana Chikuta! Ah, no wonder they lived in swamps. There's so many of them, I suspect he must have hired some. Atubon, 
What is the plan? Siankondo asked, excited at the thought of a new challenge, having rested enough from the day's training. Kazungula or Sesheki? Malindi inquired, ready to dispatch the orders. Ah, Kazungula? Siankondo considered both the options carefully. Okay, definitely Kazungula. Looking at the weather, we have a lot of uh, variables and they seem threatened by us. Why aren't they looting or burning anything? And what do we do with Congo? Capture him, of course. Once we capture him, they'll know there's no payment, they'll flee, and then we can later on send his head to them just to teach them a lesson. One to the other, the word Kazungula flowed like a river from Malindi down to the last person in the small unit. They had worked with the Lion Prince long enough, long enough to know the meaning of this historical military plan. It had been invented by his father, King Siniemba, to defend the province of Kazungula when it was under siege by the Ndevele. The event occurred before the birth of Siankondo, while King Siniemba was a prince. It was what made him a worthy candidate for the position. What is Kazungula? Tinta asked confused by their coded language. Kamambu dropped her head and pointed down the line. There's so much you have to learn, so much we have to teach you. When that word reaches the archers over there, they tell the people in the kingdom what strategy to use. How? How will they know? Tinta asked. We prepared for that. Ah, there's a lot I have to tell you. It's the first thing you do in tactical strategies training. What? You guys trained for this? Every person in the kingdom trained. Never mind. So, they'll shoot an arrow into the enclosure with a copper head. Any child who sees that arrow knows what ploy is being used. Mukamamu taught, realizing that not everything was common knowledge. Join us next Saturday at 16.30 for the next episode of Bediango, only on Zambezi FM, Livingstone's number one station.